Prior to coming to Bridge City, we just felt alone. We felt like we were the only people who on the surface looked like we had a fantastic marriage, but it was crumbling from beneath us. When people would be like, oh, the only thing that saved my marriage was putting God first, I didn't understand it. I was like, how can you save your marriage by focusing on someone else? But we hit a spot where it was so tough that I was like, I'm willing to try anything. Like I'm willing to put all my faith in God and put my faith in something else because whatever we are doing is not working. I don't wanna say it was rock bottom, but it was to the point where I didn't wanna to get to rock bottom. I wanted to avoid it at all costs. My older brother Adam and his wife Marla Riggle, they've been attending Murraysville for many years and have sent us numerous invitations. It took us a long time to, to accept that invitation, but really Adam and Marla were persistent in texting us every Saturday night or telling us, hey, church is tomorrow at 10 o'clock. If you guys want to come, we'll be there. I don't know. I think we got a church is at 10 text um, for months. Yeah. And then we gave in and went on Easter. And I don't know what it was. I don't think I could explain it. But something changed and we came home and I said, I need that. Like, I felt happy. I felt joy. I felt community and comfort. I think like all of our worries and our like negativity just like went away as we were worshiping. And like, we actually like let go and participated. And it was like a huge feeling going through us, I think. Later, we learned was like the Holy Spirit, but we were just in awe when we left church the first time. Since we've been coming consistently, we now have a sense of like community and a sense of connection to other men and women in the church, other couples, other parents, other people to go through life with. And having a sense of community around us has showed us not only things that we needed to do better and the things that we were trying to take on ourselves that we just quite frankly can't, um, but it also was able to show us the good things about us too. The things that I don't think even I saw. I think in the back of my head, I always thought like, I'm average, I'm normal. Like there's nothing unique or fun about me. Um, but the more I go to church, the more I realize that I do have gifts and I do have the ability to affect people just like they affect me. Now we have a lot more resources to go to, people that we can count on to like give us good advice, whether that's taking them to dinner or if that's just saying like, hey, you have five minutes that I can call you. Um, I feel like we didn't have that before and, and if we did, it wasn't like a positive uh, reinforcement. Honestly, I think before we surrounded ourselves with people who just told us we were right. Um, mm -hmm. And when you're in church and you're around godly people, they don't do that. They tell you how God is right and how you need to be more like Him. And I mm -hmm. think that when you are in a selfish place, you don't want to hear that. Um, but it's definitely something that we needed and something I'm so unbelievably thankful for. And the one thing that I told him the other day was, we may not think that it's anything big because we lived it, but there is somebody who's going through exactly what we are going through that who need to hear it. They need to hear that they are not alone and they need to hear that no matter how small or how big they think that their problems are, that there are other people 
in this with them. Come on, let's give God a great big hand. I just want to thank him for stories like that. And uh, to Jesse and Josh Riggle who are here, raise your hand, serving in the back. Let's give them a big hand. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Thank you. And I also want to recognize everybody that's online joining us today. Church at Murraysville, can we thank them for joining us today? Come on, thank you so much for being here. We believe this is a great place. Wow, here we are, one glorious hope for the future. How many of y'all believe that we have one glorious hope for the future? Thanks be to Jesus Christ, amen. Hey, we're gonna launch out of our verse we've been launching every single week out of Ephesians chapter four, verses three and four. Here we go, Ephesians four, three and four. And we are gonna say this out loud. How many of you enjoy saying God's word out loud? Come on, very good. So here you go, you ready? Here we go. Make, real loud. Amen. This is where we're launching. We believe in one glorious hope for the future. And uh, if you have your one magazine, how many of y'all brought this with you today? Did anybody bring your thank you? Thank you. If you never saw one of these and you do not have one, we want to give you one. Just simply raise your hand. If you're online, if you would let us know in the chat, we will mail you one. Does anybody here need one today? Because I'm telling you, if you, okay, bring, come on guys, come on down. If you have this today, this is kind of like the book at club. This is is kind of like real special. If you've been reading your magazine, how many of y'all read it and paid attention? Come on. Then you are going to get some snacks today. Come on. And we got, we got some serious Kool-Aid jammers. How many of y'all could get into some of this? Come on. Very good. Yeah. Come on. We're going to, you're going to get snacks as you leave today. Uh, we got all kinds of Doritos and chips. And uh, just to thank you so very much for paying attention and following along with us. I'm going to be referring to this today. And uh, somebody must, um, somebody encouraged me today. They said, Pastor, you're going to do so good today. They got me a large bag of fruit snacks. So come on, somebody say glory. And uh, so I got to deliver everything I got here. And I'm excited about that. You know, when we talk about the future and one glorious hope for the future, one of the things that we need to decide is this. We need to decide what is the story that you want to tell about your life this time next year? Or how about in three years? Or five years? Or 10 years? Or how about 30 years? See, we need to decide what is the story that you want to tell about you. And then we need to simply live that story. And if we live that story, that will be the story that's told. But so many of us, and it's easy for me to say, well, God's going to do what God's going to do, and he's going to tell what every story he's going to. No, how many of y'all know that God wants to use people like you and me to tell his story? That's how we make history. We tell his story. And so I want to be a part of history, and I want to be a part of a good history, and I want to be a part of everything that God is doing. And that's why we're doing this generosity initiative, and that's what this one magazine is all about. 
Because it's all about faith. Everybody say faith. faith. And it's about discipleship. Say discipleship. discipleship. That's what this is about. It's about growing faith. And that's what I want to show you today of how faith and, and how we handle our lives can open the windows of heaven and release true blessing into our life. How many of y'all would like, like, like an open heaven? How many of y'all like true blessings from heaven? How many of you would like some beyond your wildest dreams? Come on, that's what I'm going for. And that's what I long to see. And that's what this is about. It's about, it's just about simply growing our faith. And we're making commitments. We're, we're going from a occasional, we're going from occasional to consistent, to tithing, to generosity. That's what we're doing. But this isn't just about money. This is about our lives. This is about our lives who are occasionally talking to God. How many remember a time when you just occasionally talked to God when you had a need? When you had a need, you talked, right? And then maybe consistently once every couple months or once every month, right? But then you move to a consistency that was above and beyond, and you start giving God your whole life, and then it was like, hey, God has done so much for me, how could I help by doing something for him? See, this is about discipleship. This is about growing our faith. This is about that, and that's why next Sunday, when we gather together at 5 o'clock p.m. at Greater Works Outreach, how many of y'all plan on coming that day? How many of you are going to be there? Come on, we're going to be there. We're going to have full children's ministry. We're going to do praise and worship. We're going to have an exciting time, and I want you um, to bring this commitment card with you next Sunday, and if you do not have a commitment card, I want you to get one. Just raise your hand if you do not have one. We're, the ushers are going to give you one. Anybody that needs one, just slip up your hand. At home, if you need one, you let us know. And you let us know your address. We're going to mail you one as well and, and get you in on this faith and this discipleship journey. And we're going to fill this out and we're going to bring it with us. And we're going to commit and God is going to do something really, really cool with our lives. And do you know what I realized this week? I realized that being a follower of Jesus Christ for 41 years now, I want to let you know that I've had plenty of reasons why I believe I could have dropped out of the race and stopped being a follower. I believe there's a lot of reasons why I could have said I had enough. I'd done my part. But you know what I realized this week, and it brought me to tears watching the story that you all just saw. And, and, I, and I remember that if I would have dropped out of the race, my wife Natalie and I, we would have missed what God is doing right now. I don't want to miss out on what God's doing. I don't want to miss out on more stories being told. I don't want to miss out on a generation following God. I don't want to miss out on, on what I believe what God wants to do is, is create a revival in, in our city, in our region, in our country as we return to him. I don't want to miss out on that. And if we were looking for a reason to jump out, you'll have a reason. But I, look, I found every reason I can jump out, but I'm not going to because that takes faith and discipleship to stay in the race, and that's where I'm staying. How about you? Amen. In this past week, and many of you got a text this, this week, and it said, there's a big announcement today. How many of y'all got that text? And you're wondering what it is, right? Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. Last Sunday, the leaders of Bridge City Church got together and we worshiped God together. It was a great worship time. Oh, it was so glorious. And, and, and the leaders of this church, about 20 to 25% of the people in the church brought their commitment card. And, and 
above and beyond the regular tithes, that means we're going to keep giving what we regularly give, above and beyond that, are you ready for this? The commitment was $890,000. How many of you say, how many of your faith just went up a level right now? Because there's people that filled out the card and they said, you know what? I, they, they told me and they, they said, you know what? I was scared when I filled that out. I was, I was feared. Many people said, I just filled it out and I'm, I'm afraid because I know what God asked me to do and I'm going to respond in faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I want to show you some stories today of what makes up faith that can, that can give all you have and do something maybe even extravagant to you for God so that we can see an open heaven in true blessings from God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to go first of all to Luke 21, but before we do that, I just want to point out something. Jesus, Jesus, this is how many times he talked about certain things in the Bible. There's like, there's believe in the Bible, and the Apostle Paul talks about it, and other writers. Believe is written 272 times, and pray 371 times, and love one another 714, but give 2,161 times. And people say, Pastor, why are we talking about giving? Because I just want to be like Jesus. How many of y'all want to be like Jesus? So, so that's why we're, we're, we're cool with talking about this aspect of our discipleship journey, our faith journey, because it's a, it's a growing in faith and it's a growing in generosity. But giving is not about your worth, it's about your growth. See, your worth has already been decided. Jesus Christ established your worth on the cross when he died for you and me. The worth is already there. I, you can't earn any more worth because Jesus Christ gave his life for you. But our growth in our becoming more like him takes obedience and it takes faith and it does take believing and it does take prayer and it does take love and it takes all of these things wrapped into one. So here we go to Luke 21. This is the first of three things that we're going to be looking at here. In Luke 21, verse 1, when Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. First of all, I want to say, Jesus was watching. I didn't write that. That's in the Bible. No, I'm serious. Like, that's in the Bible. Am I, am I reading from the Bible? No matter what translation you read, it says Jesus was watching. So Jesus watched. And the poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have given a tiny part of their surplus, their abundance, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Now in this translation, in, in this Greek word for just small coins, they're called mites. How many of you ever had dust mites? How many of y'all know they're tiny? How many of y'all would like to give some dust mites away? Come on. But they're tiny, they're small, they're, 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 they're real, real simple here. But Jesus is saying, he's watching people, and he's saying some give out of their abundance, but she gave everything she had. 
So what we see here is, is this is a heart because it's not about the, the size of the gift, but it's the size of the faith behind the gift. See, it's about faith in God that's behind what I do. It's a heart of devotion. It's a faith behind the gift that Jesus noticed here. Some people gave and they just said, well, maybe they have a lot here. They just threw some in. But, but Jesus, listen, some people are waiting until they hit the lottery so they can give. Listen, if you're waiting to hit the lottery to give, it, it, it's never going to happen. Like if you're waiting for something to happen, it's, it's not going to happen because it's a work in your heart. And how many of you know Jesus wants to work in your heart right where you live right now? Amen. Amen. So that's what it is here. But this two mites, how much is a mite worth? Now, if you boil it all down, you take every Greek word and you take all the currency down, it's 1% of a day's denarii, and that's one day's wage. In today's dollars, two mites is $1.20. Now, I know that the kids up here, they gave more than $1.20 in these banks. Some of them gave for one family or two families or three and they gave and they sacrificed. Isn't that cool? How many of y'all don't want to be outdone by a third grader? Come on, somebody. Yeah, how many of y'all don't I don't want to be outdone? Come on. I'm not going gonna, gonna to let somebody else have more faith than I have. And I can give. But it's $1.20. And this mite in the Greek literally is a tiny thing. It's a crumb. It's a small morsel. But why did Jesus take note? Why was it recorded? I believe because it was a demonstration of faith. Her heart was with God. It was a, it was a man, she gave all. And Jesus noticed the dollar 20. But how many of y'all know that if, that, that if, you, if, if, you, if you're making over 50,000 a year, 60,000 a year, 80,000 a year, that a dollar 20, that's not a lot. We probably have more than that in, in, in coins in the, in the cushions on your couch or in your car. Does anybody have coins anymore? Thank you. I see a few hands. Thank you very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, let, come on. That, that's what we have here. But that's what it's worth. See, the spirit of giving determines the value of the gift. Write this down. 2 Samuel 24, 24. 2 Samuel 24, 24. David said, I surely will not give that which cost me nothing. I'm not going to give an offering to God which cost me nothing. 2 Samuel 24, 24. So I don't want to give which cost me nothing. I'm going to give which cost me something because faith is attached to it. It's faith for a generation. It's faith for more stories. It's faith for God to do something with our lives together. Now I want to go to, if you've been in church for a while, a familiar text. And it's in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, and I'm going to read to you today. And the context of this is returning to God. How many of you all believe that in our nation right now, we need to return to God? How many of you all believe that we need some true repentance? The context of these verses are about a nation returning to God and repenting to God. If you miss that context, you're going to miss the point of what's going on here. So in that context, okay, it's being written here. You ask, but how do we return? 
Begin by being honest. How many of y'all being honest is good? Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. Huh. You ask, how did we rob you? How have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering. That's how. And now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. This is serious. Now, now, now listen. How many of y'all know robbing God is serious? Now, if I came to you and I said, you know what? Hey, I just want, I'm being honest. I want to let you all know. Last year, I robbed seven convenience stores last year. And I, I went in, took everything. I stole from them. How many of y'all be like, wow, didn't know you were like that? But if I said, hey, not to worry, not to worry, this year, <laughs> I only robbed three. I only robbed three this year. How many of y'all, how many of y'all say, that's great, that's, oh man. Would y'all say that's great? You wouldn't, right? You'd be like, hey man, how about we get it down to zero, right? Right, wouldn't you encourage somebody to get like, how about we don't rob at all? But we're talking about giving the tithe and the offering. And most of us, when we read this, or if you've been in church for a while, you've heard this taught, and it's about give money and the tithe and the offering and the 10%. But I want to take your focus off of that for a minute here. And I, and I, and I want to read this whole thing here. I want to look at the rest of the verses. Test me in this and see if I don't open up Heaven. Everybody say, open up heaven. heaven. Woo! Come on, some of you said you wanted to live under an open heaven. That's where I want to get to. Test me and try me and see if I will not open heaven up to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Come on, that should excite you. That should excite us. For my part, I will defend you against the marauders, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against the plunderers. God says, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to have your back. Could it be, now listen to me, could it be that in Jesus' church, we are not seeing an open heaven and blessings beyond our wildest dreams because we're not, te- we're not testing God in the right areas in giving faithfully to God. Because if I'm reading this correctly, I'm coming to that conclusion. I am. You've got to come to your conclusion. I'm just saying, could it be? Could this be that? See, see God, when God says he's going to protect you, I want to let you know, Five kids growing up, they never had to beg mom and dad for food. They never once had to come and beg mom and dad, mom, could we please, are we ever going to get a sandwich? Now, you know, those teenagers more than once tried to convince us that they were going to die if they didn't eat soon. Come on. But never once. Now, see, we never denied them what they need, but there were times we told them not yet. 
The same is with us with God. As we test him in the right ways and we test him and we see an open heaven and we see blessings and we see these things, could it be that the blessings that God wants to pour out in his church is because we, it's a growth of faith and discipleship? Could that be connected here? And this is the one area that God says to test him in. So what is the test? The test is, is God who he says he is, and will God do what he said he would do? That's the test. Is God who he said he is? Now this applies to every aspect of your life. Every aspect. This doesn't just apply to money. This applies to relationships. This applies to marriages. This applies to your situation where you're at. That this is what God's looking for here is an open heaven. So what is an open heaven? What are these blessings? What are these things that we're, 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 we're looking for here? Now, I, 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 I just want to point out to you, many people say, well, pastor, that the, the tithe in the Old Testament, that doesn't apply to us in the New Testament. And that's okay if you, if you, if you ascribe to that. If many people say, I believe in grace giving. Grace giving in the New Testament is much higher than 10%. So if you want to go grace giving, <laughs> glory, you got more faith. Because in Matthew 23, 23, when Jesus could do, he, when he could undo the tithe and he could have said, hey, the tithe's no longer, he didn't do that. He said, you ought to do this, but don't forget about the more weighty things as well. Money's not going to get you into heaven. Money is a demonstration of my heart and my attitude towards God. Are you with me this morning? See, this, this, this initiative, this, this faith initiative, this one, is all about hearts that are growing more in love with Jesus Christ in demonstrating more trust in God. And I want to be a part of a story. I want to be a part of more stories of lives being changed and transformed. I want to see, and we were praying earnestly this morning for you, and we were praying for the, for the, the, the kids that brought their offerings up here today, that, and we were praying that, that we're not going to lose one to the world, but every one of them will be rooted and grounded in the love and the grace and the word of God. Are you with me? Amen. And I'm thankful for our student ministry. Amen. I'm thankful for that. But I'm, we're going to keep praying and we're going to keep believing because that's what it's about. It's about a generation. It's about generations, I should say, plural, that love God and serve him and are committed to him. In Luke 16, 11, red letters, Jesus' words. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? These are Jesus' words. I think sometimes we're wondering, where's the healing? How many of y'all like to see more people get healed physically, spiritually, emotionally? Yeah. How many of y'all like to see more, more marriages restored? How many of y'all like to see more families build up? Come on, are you with me? How many of y'all are believing God for somebody who walked away from God and you're believing that they're going to come on home? Is anybody with me? Amen. Come on, I want to get to those riches. But I think Jesus gave us a clue. I think he did. I think he gave us a clue that we need to look at and consider that or is what I do with all my wealth, all of my money, really tied to true riches in an open heaven? 
So what are these true riches? What, 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 what is this open heaven? I'm going to give, my, I'm going to do, I'm going to give it my best shot. Because you know what, I searched this and I looked and I looked and you can't find anybody, any commentators in the Bible give a clear definition. So I'm, just, I'm going to give it my best shot. Are you there? I believe that when heaven gets bigger and hell gets smaller, I believe that's an open heaven. I believe that when people go from death to life, when they go from darkness to light, when they go from selfish to, get to selfless, I believe that's an open heaven. Am I right? I believe that true joy and true peace and true Holy Spirit contentment in my heart are true riches. Anybody with me? Am I doing okay so far? Am I doing okay? I believe that these are some of the things that true riches in an open heaven are really all about. How about the promises and the power of God's presence in a real and tangible way? Healing people's lives is an open heaven. How about young people getting the word of God implanted in their hearts that will grow a harvest is an open heaven and true riches. How about the story that we just heard? The resources that the Riggle family talked about, about people loving them and encouraging them. And they have people now in their life and, and now they're using their story to help other people. How many of y'all believe that that's true riches? I believe that that's attached to my heart of devotion to God to see his name be great. Because my prayer all the time is I want to be a part of something at Bridge City Church that's so great only God can get credit for it. Amen. That hundred, that eight hundred and ninety thousand dollars that's something only God can get credit for. Amen. I don't know if you know this or not, but I didn't have that much to commit. But if I did, I did it, it, it's God's. There's nothing, there's nothing God doesn't have access to. But together, that's a group of people that are saying, I want to be a part of lives and generations, and I want to be a part of that. Are you with me? See, that's the faith initiative. That's what we see here. And in the book, Treasure Principle, I hope that you're reading this book. I hope that you're diving into it. I hope that it's encouraging you. I got through it all. If you want one, it's free. You just have to stop back at the connection point. Or if you're at home, let us know. We're going to mail you one for free. Just let us know. Just, just, just communicate with us. But there's a quote in here that my heart always goes where I put God's money. Watch what happens when you reallocate your money from temporal to eternal things. How many of y'all can say amen to that? See, watch what happens on the inside of you. Watch what happens in, in your own heart here. Now I want to close with a, with a story that's not the favorite of mine, but it's one of them. It gets my attention every time. How many of y'all are hearing God today? How many of y'all, your faith is being built? Is your faith being built today? 
Just like that poor widow put in that dollar twenty. Jesus watched and said she gave it all. I believe that was, when Jesus said she gave it all, I believe she gave it all. I believe she gave it all. Now there's a story about Mary of Bethany. What I'm about to read to you, there's, there's two different occurrences with the same scenario in the Bible. There's a story of Mary of Bethany written in three different places. And then it's also written... Also, in the book of Luke, it's written about a prostitute early in Jesus' ministry. So I want to let you know today that if you're here today with us, that if you are a faithful follower of Jesus, or if you're fresh off the streets, this applies to all of us. No, if you're, if you're a faithful follower, or... If you're, literally, there was a prostitute, and I'm not going to read that story, but you can mark it down. You can read it. The same scenario happened, actually before Mary of Bethany. It happened early on in Jesus' ministry. It doesn't matter who you are. When you get a revelation of who God is, you begin to act and obey in a certain way. Are you with me? It takes a revelation of God to do that. It takes a revelation of God to produce that. So Mark 14, 3. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously, previously had leprosy. You know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that those who are touched by God and those who have been forgiven much, they love much. Those who have truly been healed from the inside out, they want to host Jesus every time they get a chance. That's just my belief. That's just something I, I see. Am I right? While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made with the essence of nard. She broke open the jar. She poured the perfume over his head. And the occurrence of this in the Gospel of John said she anointed his feet as well. So again, you read all the different accounts and you get the whole big picture there of what was going on. This expensive jar, it was worth a lot. It was expensive. If you study it out, there's a good chance that this alabaster jar was passed on from generation to generation. There's a good chance. That's typically because something most expensive, they would have passed it on, mother to daughter to daughter to daughter to daughter. That's how that would have happened. I also believe, out of my own study, that there's probably a good chance that this was her dowry saved for her wedding day. So when she walked in and Jesus eating and she broke it, which literally means that alabaster jar was broken. It was smashed. It was now no good, and she poured out the contents on Jesus. 
I believe that she was speaking to generations and that my now generation is going to be connected to Jesus now. That's my belief. But I also believe that she was pouring out. It could very well have been her wedding day. Her future, her dowry. Because in biblical times, a dowry was a big deal. She was pouring out something really significant. It was an extravagant display in which she held nothing back. So who is this Mary? This Mary was the one mentioned, the sister of Martha, who sat at the feet of Jesus in devotion. Well, Martha busied herself. This Mary, her brother was Lazarus, who was, who was dead, buried in the grave, and Jesus called on out. This Mary was a faithful, devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And she poured something out so mighty, so awesome, so significant here. Previously to this story, Jesus rode into Jerusalem as a king. Mary could see who he was. Mary could see the real king, the real Jesus. And I'm not going to withhold anything. Because other people couldn't see that Jesus was about to die and be buried. And she was preparing him for burial. She was preparing him for what was about to happen. A great display of his grace and kindness to the world. Verse four. But some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Mary, do you know what you're doing? How many of you here have had anybody, you're serving Jesus and somebody said, do you know what you're doing? Do you realize what you're doing? What she gave, a laborer's wage, because that's what she, a yearly wage, I just took $15 an hour, year's wage, $31,200, that's what she poured out. Now, I don't know what your yearly wage is, and I'm not gonna put yours up on the screen, just in case you're worried. But how many of you, if you put your yearly wage, maybe you ought to write that down and say, this is what she gave. This was, the, this was the, her devotion to God. This was her heart towards God That's, that extended from, from, from who he is. And he's a God who says he, who he is and I believe who he is and I can trust him and in what he said he will do, he will do. It, it's actually recorded in John, that Judas was the one who primarily accused her. Do you know what people say all the time? Stop talking about money. It's not about the money. It's about your heart. God doesn't want just your money. It's far worse than that. He wants all of you. 
He wants every bit of you. He wants every bit of me. That's what he's looking for. Hearts of devotion to God that are willing to pour out whatever it takes for him. Does that excite anybody in this room today? Come on. Come on. That's what kind of heart it is. So in verse 6, Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you. And you can help them whenever you want to. But you'll not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. She did a good thing. A lovely thing. That's what she did. Now, I personally believe she didn't get caught up in emotion. She didn't get caught up. I believe she planned ahead of time. I believe she, I believe she knew what she was doing. Just like that poor widow. Do you think she knew that this was her last $1.20? I think she knew. She didn't get caught up in the emotion. And there's nowhere says that, that, that she was doing it just so if I do this for God, he's going to give me $10 back. There's nowhere this, there's nowhere that. It was no. She, she, they, she just gave it. And God's looking for hearts of devotion. Where there's nothing too big for him because I belong to Jesus. That's the heart. That's the purpose. That's the one heart, one spirit, one life here for him. And God expects us to act in faith and discipleship in every aspect of our life. It's everyone. So no matter the poor widow Mary, a devoted follower, or the prostitute. I don't know which one you are. It's just a heart to say, I want Jesus Christ and I just want him. And I'm willing to pour it all out for him. Verse 9, Mark 14, 9. I tell you the truth. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. It's not my idea. It's it's Jesus' idea. This is the story over 2,000 years later we're still talking about. Are we? Simple, ordinary person that just poured it all out, gave it all. So God, take it all. Take it all. I do know this. Mary and that prostitute, because that's what the Bible says. I'm not using the biblical term there. They came in smelling one way, but when they poured it all out, they left smelling like Jesus. 
How many of y'all thankful that there's even Sunday mornings we get together and we come in smelling one way, but we leave smelling like Jesus? Am I right? How many of y'all remember the day that you walked into somewhere and something and you were smelling one way, but you left smelling like Jesus? How many of y'all are thankful for that day? How many of y'all are thankful for that? Thankful for that story there. So with this one vision campaign, this is what it's about. What is the story that we are going to tell next year, in, in three years, in 10 years, and in 30 years about what Jesus Christ did in us? 2021. How many of you all know that 30 years goes by like that? Like that. Bam. Would you stand to your feet with me? Ephesians 2, verse 7. So God can point to us in all future generations and ages as examples of his incredible wealth, of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. How many of y'all like to be a part of a group of people that God is pointing to in future ages to come? These are the ones that are a demonstration of the grace and kindness of God. That's the demonstration that's poured out for God. And that's why I'm inviting you to come on November 7th, next week at five o'clock. You don't wanna miss it. You don't wanna miss it. This is when we all get together and we worship and we have fun and, 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 and we, we read the word together and we challenge one another. We encourage one another. Man, it's gonna be good. You don't wanna miss it. But more than I don't want you to miss that, I don't want you to miss something else. And if you're here, with us today, right here at the Murraysville campus or watching online, and you don't have a day, a moment, or a time when you became a follower of Jesus Christ. I didn't say an acknowledger, but a follower. Where Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross, you ask him to forgive you of your sin, and then you ask him to be in charge of your life, the forgiver of your past, and the leader to your future. If you don't have that, that's what I want for you first and foremost. That's where it all begins. That's the first demonstration of the grace and the kindness of God, amen? So that's you today. And you say, you know, I would want that, Pastor. That's what I'm looking for more than anything else. Lord, I pray for every person listening right now that's far from you, Lord God, has yet to be crossed the bridge from death to life and they don't have a relationship with you. I pray that first and foremost, God. I ask you, God, to do that in their lives. And so if there's anybody here today, or if there's anybody online, I just want you to indicate online. And I want you to indicate right here by just raising your hand. I want to pray for you. If you would like to make today your day where you began a relationship with God, Jesus, the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future, just slip up your hand right now. Just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I gotta have it today. I need it today. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Thank you, God. Anybody here today? I can't close without asking that question. Can't do it. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, 
for people online right now that are responding, God. And I thank you, Father, God, for people that, that next week and the week after and the week after that, because of everybody here that has friends and neighbors, Lord God, that this place is gonna be flooded with people beginning that relationship with God the Father. Forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna worship together and we're gonna sing a song just about Jesus Christ and being poured out for him. And I just want you to take this moment in time and you be poured out however you're poured out. If you wanna come up front and kneel down, you got one song to do it. I'm not gonna beg you, I'm not gonna do it. Come on up front and worship with me. Come on, get out of your seats and just come on down. And you say, I don't wanna kneel down, but I just wanna get up front and I just wanna present my heart before God. That's right, come on down. Let's just worship together. Come on, that's right, move on out of your seats and we're just saying, God, here I am. God, I want some open heaven. How many of y'all could use some open heaven in your life? How many of y'all could use some true riches? Come on down and let's worship together and let's be poured out for Jesus, the lover of our souls. In Jesus' name.